0: Listening to episode five of Quarter Share, a trader's tale from the golden age of the solar clipper. Written and read by Nathan Lowell. Previously on Quarter Share Think about the possibility that you are on the path you're supposed to be on, and it's time to consider picking a branch before another one is thrust upon you. There's no privacy. We work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. It just doesn't seem to end, and There isn't anything besides work and sleep. Every time I turn around, somebody is looking for more coffee. I'm picking up goods in one port and selling them in the next. Private cargo. Everybody's allowed to do it. Look it up. It's in the Handbook, Section 14. So long as you stay within your mass quota and don't break any Confederation regulations, you can bring almost anything you want aboard. That extends to trade goods. Chapter 7 NERIS System, 2351, September 16. The gym was one deck down from the berthing areas. You'd have thought I'd have been observant enough to realize that all the passages I walked past, through, and around every day on my way to and from the mess deck and galley all led somewhere. The truth was, I was always just a bit lost on the ship. When I wasn't following Pip, I stayed on the paths I knew. Compared to the areas of the ship I'd been in so far, the gym was huge. The overhead was twice as high, and my spatial sense told me we were occupying an area almost as large as the galley, mess deck, and berthing areas combined. I looked at Pip incredulously. "'Is this normal?' I asked. "'What?' "'This!' I exclaimed, waving my hands at the space. "'Man, I had this idea we were using every cubic meter for cargo. We're living in a cracker box up there, but here we have this huge space. What gives?' Pip chuckled. Oh, not all the ships have a gym this big. Federated freighters over 40 kilotons do. We're lucky that way. But pretty much all the company ships have some kind of exercise facility. It helps on the long trips if the crew can blow off excess energy. Otherwise, the walls start to really close in. No kidding. I punched him playfully in the shoulder. What else haven't you told me? Sorry, he asked, rubbing his shoulder. What else is on this ship that I don't know about? First it was the view from the bridge, now this. What else? I asked. And why didn't you tell me? You know I'm a greenie. I'm sorry. I thought you'd figure it out with your tablet. What's that supposed to mean? Pull up the ship menu on your tablet, doofus. Look at the schematic. It took a heartbeat for me to realize what he was saying. My brain kept arguing with itself. Oh, for crying out loud, how could I be so stupid? And then, how could I have known? It's only been two weeks and I've been busy. I did what he suggested and blinked dumbly at the detailed map of the ship that appeared. I was able to rotate it around, zoom in, zoom out, even isolate systems like water, air, electrical, and data. The ship was, in essence, a long, hollow spine with bulbs on each end. The wedge-shaped cargo containers locked onto the spine and each other, six per section, twelve sections long. The aft bulb held the main boat deck with the ship's boat in it, along with some reactor generators and the kicker engines. The schematic even said that they were dynamars auxiliaries, with an energy output rating that didn't mean anything to me, and the fuel tankage necessary to run them. It noted that we had 85% capacity on fuel. The forward bulb was a bit larger than the aft bulb. The bridge was perched on the highest level. Under that were officers' quarters, and then crew quarters, including the areas I was familiar with plus operational kinds of closets and storage. I'd realized the galley's pantries and coolers were pretty extensive, but every one of them was detailed on this schematic, and there were some I hadn't even seen yet. The gym level took up almost the entire width and length of the middle of the bow section, except for the very front of the ship where the locks were, and a row of lifeboat pods along each side. Looking around to compare what I saw with the schematic on my screen, I realized that there was a clever catwalk running around the perimeter above the pods, and I could see a couple of crew running laps. Below us were the engineering decks, including spaces for environmental, power generation, computing, and the field generators that created the solar sails and grav keel that provided our main propulsion. "'Man, I feel like an idiot,' I mumbled. Pip said, "'No, I'm sorry. I forgot you're so green. I should have given you a real tour, but... Come on, Tempest is fugiting all over the place, and I need to work out a little bit, and then get a sauna. He led me to the changing room and helped me get a towel and workout garb. I was even able to get running shoes that were better than anything I'd had on Neris. They'll bill you for it, Pip said, but they're yours to keep. Just grab an empty locker and palm it. You can store all that stuff down here. I was a runner, but Pip liked the more exotic devices. Personally, I thought he was just a gadget head... But endorphin junkies don't get to be judgmental. We split up, leaving the changing room, and I climbed the ladder to the track. He went to the stationary devices, where he moved from station to station in some pattern that made sense to him. Frankly, I lost track of him as I dropped into a running trance. Intellectually, I knew I'd probably regret pushing so hard. It just felt so good to be running again. I was only able to go about eight laps before lack of wind and excess lactic acid pulled me to a stop. I met up with Pip again and he led me through the changing room into a shower where we sluiced off the worst of the sweat and then into the sauna for luxurious steam. I confess, I was a bit nonplussed when I sat down beside Pip on the smooth wooden bench and realized that the older woman across from us was the captain. I started to get up again when she spoke. Mr. Maxwell tells me you're fitting in nicely, Mr. Wong, she said. "Uh, Yes, sir. Thank you, sir, I mumbled. Keep up the good work, she said with a genuine smile. Boy, I need to get out of here before I melt. I still have work to do. She rose then and said in a louder voice, Good night, crew! A chorus of, Good night, Captain, came from around us in the murky depths and from around various corners. She strolled out into the showers, and I couldn't help but admire her legs. Pip elbowed me sharply. She's old enough to be your grandmother, he hissed. I blushed and hoped the steamy air and heat hid it, but... I heard a low chuckle from somebody just out of sight around the corner and blushed even more. It turned out that the gym, or at least the sauna, was the social hub of the ship. Even during the afternoon we'd find deck, engineering, and other watchstanders taking advantage of the facility. Evenings were fair game and somewhat crowded. I was as likely to see the captain or first mate there as anyone else. At first I was a bit nervous about seeing the captain almost naked. Not because she was a woman, but because she was the captain didn't matter what she was or wasn't wearing, though. The mantle of captain stayed with her wherever she went, so I got used to it pretty quickly. From that night forward, the daily routine included a workout in the gym, followed by a sauna. Most days, Pip and I took our mid-afternoon break there, and it was very refreshing to go back to the galley after a bit of exercise, a nice sauna, and a cool shower. Also, from that night forward, our daily routine included some kind of educational activity. Between Pip's knowledge of ships and trade and my knowledge of cooking, we had quite a lot of expertise between us. We enlisted Cookie's help, too, and I made Pip tell him about his real background. Trading in ship stores? Mr. Costas, you shock me, Cookie concluded when Pip finished his recitation. But when Pip's back was turned, he gave me a broad wink and a discreet thumbs up. I draw the line at inferior ingredients, he insisted. Hey, I have to eat it, too, Pip answered. I'm just wondering if we can't actually afford better ingredients on the same budget if we get a bit... Creative about what we buy and wear, after that Cookie and Pip spent at least a stand every day going over the inventory and budget. Pip was hatching something, but I didn't know what he was being tight-lipped as ever about it, but Cookie treated him with a new respect, and I found myself smiling whenever I saw them with their heads together over their tablets. That left me with only one loose end. What specialty did I want to pursue? It was odd, really. My mates back on Neres all played the what-do-I-want-to-do-when-I-grow-up game with themselves and each other. I'd watch them find and explore what they thought might be their particular callings, music, art, even business and education. Personally, I just never felt the need. Mom had insisted that I take advantage of the university and her position there to get an education, for all the good that did. And I'd agreed to study something just for the sake of going, because it would buy me some time to figure out what I wanted to do. But I never really found the thing that made me say, Yes, this is why I am here. Now, for the first time in my life, I wanted to make some decisions. Life on the freighter was just strange enough to appeal to me. Just the idea of it was intriguing. I thought I was making pretty good living. I hadn't seen a paycheck yet, so I wasn't sure. They were typically distributed just before docking, but I had no need for credit aboard the ship. Yes, there'd be taxes and union dues deducted, along with a mandatory retirement contribution, but there'd also be a share in the profit of the ship. A small share, but the potential for a little something extra. Somehow, though, the pay didn't seem to matter. Lying on my bunk, the low voices of my shipmates around me, I could actually begin to envision what it might be like to do this for a while, and it didn't seem half bad at all. I fell asleep then, no closer to making a decision about my specialty, but after my earlier disquiet, feeling much better about being aboard. It took me about a week of evenings to work through the various specialties listed in the handbook. I didn't want to leave the ship, but I discovered some interesting things about ratings and slots. You could, for example, take any job listed at your rating or lower. I wasn't sure how that would play out in practice, but I could see where, in a pinch, you might want to take an ordinary spacer slot in order to get off planet when an able spacer berth wasn't available. Some ideas were self-evident. The more ratings you had, the more possibilities of employment you had. But most people specialized in one area and worked up to get the largest share rating possible in that single division. Something about that tweaked my interest, and I ran it by Pip the day before we hit the jump point. "'Why do people work up through a specialty, Pip?' "'Obvious,' Pip replied. "'The higher you go, the better the pay.' "'Well, yes and no,' I told him. "'Within some narrow range, your pay is determined by your share and not by your specialty, right?' We were swabbing down the mess-deck tables, and he stopped to look at me. "'Yeah,' he said, "'that's true to a degree. Your salary goes up based on rank, even after your share maxes out. The difference between Able Spacer and Spec 1 is pretty large, and they're both full-share berths. "'Okay,' I continued, "'but the key to earning is being on a ship, isn't it?' He went back to swiping down tables as he thought about it. "'I'm not sure where you're going with this, Ish,' he said after a tick. "'Well, suppose something happens here and I get put ashore.' As a quarter share, I don't have much to draw on for a new berth. Pip nodded. This was, after all, a situation he was intimately familiar with. Now, if I qualify as a half share and say cargo, then my options begin to open up. I'm eligible to take any quarter share berth that comes along, or a half share cargo slot. But why would you do that, he asked. Take the quarter share berth, I mean. Well, maybe the next ship in port doesn't have a cargo slot open. It would be a cut in pay for me to take the quarter share, but it's still more than I'd make planet-side earning nothing and paying for everything. Pip nodded thoughtfully. True enough. Now, what if I qualify as half-share in cargo and engineering, or cargo and deck? Why wouldn't you go full-share in cargo, he asked. Well, the qualifying exam for full-share is roughly twice as hard as for half-share, isn't it? Pip considered this as we finished the wipe-downs and began to sweep out. Yeah, I I suppose that's one perspective. So, for the same amount of effort as going for full-share cargo, I could get half-share ratings in two other divisions. And if my goal is the best chance possible of staying employed, wouldn't it make more sense to get a second and a third half-share rating in order to diversify my options?' Pip stopped dead in his tracks. "'That is an odd way to look at it,' he said thoughtfully. "'Yes, but play the game with me. Take the long view. Where are the most jobs?' "'Full-share burrs are the most common across the various fleets,' he replied. "'So, if I want to be guaranteed, as much as possible, "'that under any given circumstances I can get a job on the next ship, "'what do I need to have?' "'A full-share rating,' he replied instantly. "'You can take any lower position and the majority of jobs are full-share to begin with.' "'Close,' I said. "'What I really need is a full-share rating in every division.' "'Goldie, Lux, and her bears, man, that would take forever,' he objected. "'Not so long as you think, Pip. "'A university degree can take four years, five. "'Advanced degrees take even longer.' "'True,' he admitted. "'The reality of life in the deep dark,' I said, "'seems to be based on actually being out here. "'So as long as I have a berth, I'm making money. "'When I'm planted inside, I'm spending money. "'What I need is the ability to maximize my time on the ship,' and that means being able to take whatever job might be open as soon as I need one. Most jobs are full share, and while a lot of those are specialized jobs, my best bet, up to that point, is to get rated in every division. I could see his analytical mind rolling this idea around. True, he pronounced at last, but what if you like one kind of job better? Doesn't that factor in? "'Yes,' I agreed, "'but not to the extent that I'm willing to go broke "'waiting for that slot to come to me. "'You got a point there,' he conceded finally. "'How long will it take you to make half share? "'I don't know,' I admit, "'but we're still twenty-five days out of Darbad. "'I bet I can accomplish a lot in twenty-five days.' "'We finished sweeping up and stowing our gear. "'If the last three weeks are any indication, my friend,' "'Pip said thoughtfully, "'I suspect you're right.' "'That night we had our first fire drill.' Chapter 8. NERIS SYSTEM. 2351, September 21st. The klaxon, making a very loud electronic buzzing, woke me out of a deep sleep and practically gave me a heart attack. Even before the klaxon had stopped, I heard people moving around in the birthing area, pulling on ship suits and boots and getting ready to go. It stopped after a full tick, only to be followed by the announcement... "'Now this is a drill, this is a drill. Fire, fire, fire. There is a fire in the portside engine compartment. All hands to fire and damage control stations. There is a fire in the portside engine compartment. All hands to fire and damage control stations. This is a drill. This is a drill.' Pip slapped me on the leg. "'Come on, Greenie, he said with a grin. Beverly was already out of her bunk and zipping his ship suit. I grabbed mine and followed her and Pip out into birthing, where everybody was grumbling, but moving along sharply. Bev peeled off at the passage that led aft, and I followed Pip to the galley, where we found Cookie waiting for us. "'Ah, excitement! Eh, gentlemen?' he said with a smile. I finally looked at the chronometer and saw zero one sixteen. "'Do we always do this in the middle of the night?' I asked. Cookie shook his head. "'No, young Ishmael, we do at all times of day.' Pip chimed in with. Last time was in the middle of lunch service. Trust me, this will be much easier to deal with. I yawned and considered a cup of coffee. What do we do and how long do we do it, I asked. Pip and Cookie both shrugged. It depends on how long it takes the fire and damage teams to complete their tasks in the portside engine compartment. They have to make their way aft, assess the situation, pretend to get the fire under control. We have to wait, Pip said. If we don't have anything to do, then why did we have to get up? Cookie grinned. Well, if it were a real fire and the ship were in danger, would you prefer to be asleep in your bunk? In a real emergency, we might be called on to support those who were fighting the fire by taking food and beverage to them, helping to tend the injured, or otherwise helping the ship to survive. I nodded blearily. Okay, I can deal with that. How often do we have these drills? Pip answered. Only once a quarter for fire drills, but we have suit and lifeboat drills as well. We get about a drill a month. "'Consider it a down payment on staying alive, in case anything goes really bad, young Ishmael,' Cookie added. I chuckled and nodded. "'Good point.' I went out and started up a fresh urn of coffee. After about ten ticks, the announcement came over the ship's speakers. "'All hands stand down from fire and damage control stations. Drill complete. Drill complete. Set normal watch.' Which was followed by, "'This is the captain speaking.' Excellent work, people. Very fast response time, and outstanding work by the damage control teams in assessing the situation. My congratulations to you all. Cookie pulled out a tray of pastries and set it out just in time for about a dozen people to burst onto the mess deck. I was glad I put on fresh coffee. It looked like the official drill might be over, but the after-drill action was just getting going. Cookie waved as he left the mess deck, but Pip and I stayed around. It didn't last that long, really. Within a half a stand most people had wandered back to their bunks and the ship quieted down once more. Pip and I stacked dirty mugs in the washer and made a quick pass through the mess deck, wiping down the tables to make sure we'd be ready for breakfast before going back to bed ourselves. As I crawled up into my bunk, I noted the time zero two twenty one and hoped that Pip and Cookie were right about not always having drills at night. The handbook and the ship's tablet held all the answers to the normal kinds of questions. My problem was in figuring out what was normal. What I needed was somebody who was actively engaged in moving up to help me plot a path to advancement. Pip wasn't, yet, and Cookie had already been through it. I wanted to talk to somebody who was actively in the process, so when Sandy Belterson came through the line to dinner that night, I remembered the first day coming aboard. She's studying for Spec 2 and Astrogation, Pip had said. "'Sandy, would you have time to talk with me after dinner?' I asked as I dished up. "'Probably,' she answered. "'What about?' "'I'm thinking about my specialty, and I want to find out more about the process. I know you're studying, so perhaps you'd have some pointers?' She nodded and moved down the line. "'Running track, 20 30, she said, and went to eat. Pip elbowed me and waggled his eyebrows. I just kicked him. When I got there, Sandy was already on the track. I changed up and caught up with her. "'Hi,' she said. "'What's up?' We paced ourselves so we could run and talk. "'I'm thinking of going up to half-share,' I began. "'What's the process like?' "'It's in the handbook,' she said, matter-of-factly. "'I nodded. "'Yeah, I read about it, but you're the only person I know who's actively doing it. "'Are there any tricks, tips for getting through?' "'She laughed. "'I think half the crew is working on the next pay grade, Ishmael, and no, it's just what you see. "'The handbook has the curriculum and some practice tests. "'For half-share, it's almost all just knowledge.' As you move up, you have to demonstrate skills so there's some hands-on stuff. Every so often, the educational officer would administer the exams aboard, and if you pass, add the rating to your personnel jacket. You can also take them pretty much on demand at any union hall. I nodded. Okay, I was just checking. It seemed a lot like earning scout badges, I commented. She laughed again. I suppose it is, but as a system, it seems to work. We reached the end of the lap and paused at the top of the ladder. One last question— Who's the educational officer? "'The Third mate, Von Nichols, she said. It's in your tablet. If I have any other questions, I grinned at her, I'll uh look in my tablet. Thanks, Sandy, I appreciate it. Chuckling, she headed down the ladder with a you're welcome wave over her shoulder. Good luck, she called from the floor below. I took a couple more laps myself before heading for the showers and sauna. The next day was my first transition. I knew I'd been through a jump before, but I didn't remember much about it from the trip to Nerys with Mom all those years ago. I had been too young. According to the countdown timer on my tablet, transition would occur sometime in the middle of the afternoon watch. We'd already furled the sails and retracted the grav keel. The kickers—the auxiliary engines in the stern—were on something called hot standby, according to what I'd overheard from the engineering crew. At the moment we were lined up on the jump trajectory and just coasting into correct position. Sure enough, about fourteen hundred, as Pip and I were finishing cleanup, the announcement came All hands secure for transition. Set transition detail. Transition in ten ticks. Mark. I looked at Pip. He shrugged. We stowed the cleaning gear and settled at one of the mess tables. It's no big deal, Pip said conversationally, apropos of nothing. It can't be too traumatic, I admitted. I did it as a toddler, and I don't remember a thing. All hands, transition in ten. Nine eight, seven. The announcer counted down, and I couldn't help but brace myself. Three, two, one, zero. Transition completed. Welcome to Darbat. Estimated arrival at Darbot orbital in 24 days. Secure from transition stations. Set normal watch. First watch has the con. I don't know what I expected. Some kind of sensation, at least. Perhaps a flicker in the lights or some kind of trilling in my brain. Pip shrugged. Told you, was all he said. Cookie called him into the galley. Mr. Carstays, I have those figures we needed. He waved, and I pulled out my tablet to message Mr. Von Nichols about an appointment to talk about my future education. I knew him, at least on site, of course. Everybody comes through the mess line. It seemed like I'd no sooner hit send when Mr. Von Nichols walked onto the mess deck. He nodded to me, grabbed a cup of coffee, and sat down at my table. "'How can I help you, Mr. Wong?' he asked. I didn't know how he'd even had time to read the message, but I plowed ahead. "'I'm interested in moving up to half-share, sir,' I began. "'Is is there anything I need to do? File an application? Notify you?' He sipped his coffee. "'Not really. It's just like the handbook says. Half-share is easy. Study until you think you're ready to pass the test. Show up at the test and pass it. I'll be administering the next round in about a month, actually.' It'll be after we leave our bot. He paused. You realize that passing the test doesn't give you the pay bump. I nodded. Oh, yes, sir. I'm just trying to think ahead. I don't plan on leaving the galley yet. I just want to expand my options beyond quarter share. He smiled. That's good to know. This is the best coffee this ship's ever had. His tone was teasing. What test are you taking? he asked. Anjuman, sir, I told him. I felt compelled to add first. First? Uh, yes, sir. I'm, uh... I'm planning on pursuing all four of the half-share ranks. He blinked. All four? I nodded. I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life, sir. other than I seem to like life in the deep dark. I want to make sure I can stay out here. He nodded. But why not pick a specialty and take it up to full share? It's more money. Well, eventually I will, but like I said, I don't know which. I've almost no clue about what each one is really like, and I want to maximize my employability, I explained. If something should happen, and I get put ashore for some reason, I want to be able to get back on a ship as quickly as possible, and not have to wait for a berth in my division. In the amount of time it would take me to get up to full share, I could have at least two half-share ratings. He looked thoughtful. Makes a certain amount of sense. Economically, it's more advantageous to be underway, even in a berth that's not my favorite job, than it is to be paying out to wait planetside for a preferred job. "'True enough,' he admitted, "'but would you be able to do a job you hate for weeks at a time? "'Sar, I have no idea what jobs I might like and what jobs I won't. "'Until I get to actually do them, there's no way I can tell.' "'He nodded. "'The only way I can get to do them is to move up to half-share and try them out. "'Once I've gotten rated, I can pick. "'If I don't like something, I'll know enough not to pursue it. "'Going through the test should give me some indication, won't it, Sar?' "'He looked at me thoughtfully for a tick. "'Yes, Mr. Huang, it probably will,' he said at last.' "'It's certainly an interesting approach.' "'Do you foresee any kind of difficulty, sir?' I asked him. He shook his head. "'Only the time it'll take you to get through all four ratings. We only offer the tests about once a quarter. "'Is there any limit on the number of tests I can take in a test period?' I asked. He looked startled. "'Could you be ready for more than one?' he asked. I shrugged. "'I I don't know, sir, but three months is a long time, and I've seen the half-share curricula. It doesn't seem like it would be that much compared to, say—' "'A university program?' He smiled. "'No, I suppose not, but at university you're not working ten hours a day every day in addition to going to school.' "'Well, that's true, but here I'm not drinking my nights and weekends away either,' I countered with a laugh. Mr. Von Nichols grinned at that. "'True enough, Mr. Wong, true enough.' He stood and headed out into the passage. At the hatch he paused for a tick. "'Engineering's a good place to start,' he said, "'but look at cargo as well. "'There's a lot of turnover with cargo handlers.' The work's kind of boring and relies more on muscle than mind at the lower ratings. If you're trying to maximize employability, having your cargo rating would be a good step. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the tip. He nodded and left me to ponder. I was still sitting there when Pip came out of the galley. Problems, he asked? I heard you talking with Mr. Von Nichols. I shook my head. Actually, no. He wasn't exactly supportive, but he didn't try to talk me out of it. What's up with Cookie? Pip ran a hand through his cropped dark hair. "'We're good, but I need to find a computer. "'I don't want to run my sims on the ship's computer just yet, "'but things are getting complicated enough. "'I need to get some computing cycles. "'You want to borrow mine?' I asked. "'You have a computer?' he asked incredulously. "'You brought a computer aboard?' "'Yeah,' I nodded. "'Is there a rule against it?' "'He shook his head. "'It's just that they mass so much, "'most people don't want to burn quota "'on something they can get using the ship's frame.' I nodded. "'Oh, well, see, I didn't know that was available here. and It was my mom's. I thought it might be useful for studying and stuff, and it has more processing power than my PETA.' "'Studying what?' he asked. "'Well,' I confessed. "'I downloaded several dozen courses from the university at Neris before they shut off mom's access. You know, she was a professor there.' He nodded. "'You'd mentioned that, but I didn't imagine that you'd have brought that with you.' "'Why not?' I asked. "'Your aunt told me that all I really needed to bring was entertainment cubage.' "'And you put university classes in the category of entertainment?' he asked. I shrugged and nodded. "'Amazing,' he said. "'What courses? I, I don't remember,' I confess. "'Plant sciences, astrophysics, advanced math, I know, "'but I was just grabbing and saving in a kind of daze. "'It was right after they told me.' I choked off and looked down. "'Hey, no problem. I understand,' Pip interrupted. "'We're clear until 15.30. Can we go look?' Down in the birthing area, we spread my stuff out on the table. Mid-afternoon it was pretty quiet, since most people were on day watch, and those who weren't were either sleeping or engaged in their own pursuits. Pip whistled when I brought out the computer. This is a very good machine, he said, unfolding it, and it doesn't mass anything like I thought it would. I shrugged. Mom used it for her work, although I stripped her stuff off it and sent all of that on to storage. It's pretty empty now, except for the basic software. We started cataloging the courses I'd brought from Nera's. "'Astrophysics, Plant Sciences, Ecological Studies, Accounting, Advanced Math, at least ten others. "'We didn't get through the whole list because we kept getting sidetracked by things we found "'and had to head back to the galley before we got through all the storage cubes. "'Pip kept exclaiming, "'I can't believe this!' "'Before we went, I gave him the computer and the credentials so he could use it. "'Thanks,' as she said. "'This is going to make it much easier.' "'What simulations are you running?' I asked as we wandered back to the mess deck. "'Uh, just some trading sims,' he said, too casually.' Uh-huh, I said, but I let him off the hook as we got into the evening routine. Thanks for listening to Episode 5 of Quarter Share, a trader's tale from the golden age of the solar clipper. Music is from The Lucky Black Cat, a hornpipe in A minor, recorded by James Curran, available on in the Internet Archive at www.archive.org. This has been a presentation from Durandis, offered under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 2.5 license. For website and more information on the Golden Age, visit www.durandis.com golden.